We have, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Amen. You hear of Christian conduct and you think, you think, well, that, that's pretty simple. You go to church, you, you look right, you present yourself, you don't, you don't look like you work in the streets of Las Vegas. You don't go to work and you don't talk like the world. You, there's certain things that we just think is Christian conduct, but it's so much more. Amen? When we get in the Word of God, we find out there's so much more. You take away the church, Sister One, and you take the church out of this world right now, and the light goes out. We are a beacon. We are a standard for what's right. Amen? And if that church, or, or rather if the world, Sister Shanna can't look at us and see what's right. Amen? And that we abstain from the very appearance of evil. Who else are they going to look to? Who else is the world going to look to if they can't look at Pastor Philip and say, well, he's, he's doing the right thing. I know he's going to do the right thing. I don't want people... Uh, Sister Wanda, to look at me and question, amen, if I'm going to walk in righteousness. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end there leadeth unto death. I don't want to lead anybody to a, to down a road uh, to hell. I want to lead them to heaven, amen. And I believe we the church, we can do that tonight. Chapter 15 of Romans, we finished chapter 12 last week. I, I, I want to read that Scripture as you turn there, Romans 15. Now Romans 12 and 12 was our staple verse for this uh, series of sermons. And it said, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, and continually instant in prayer. Oh, what the most powerful thing a church can be is a praying church. Amen? Amen. One that conversates with God. It's always been God's desire that we talk to Him. I mean, we talk to Him as a Father. Amen. When I'm in trouble, I know I've done wrong. God, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And He is gracious and merciful to forgive us of all our sins. Can you say that? But when I'm in need, who do I run to? I run to my Father. Amen. When I desire something, He says He'll give us the desires of our heart. I don't believe, I'm not a prosperity preacher tonight, Brother Pickle, but I don't believe he wants us to go hungry. I don't want to, I don't think he wants us to walk around broke, busted, and disgusted. I believe he wants us to walk in victory. I don't want my children dressed in shambles. Hey man, I, I'm not talking about 14 karat gold and, and robes that, of the best, but I don't believe I want my children uh, dressed in the worst and, and looking filthy. I don't believe God wants us to appear that way either. I believe He has a way for us. And if we walk in His likeness, amen, there's no variable, shadow, or turning. Amen, there's no great of God. Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. You stay seated tonight. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. That's in Psalm 69 if you want to reference later. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation. Now the God of patience 
and comfort grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. If we ever get that correct, church, if we ever get like-minded one to another, if we ever get in unity, what war can we wage on hell? Come on now. That ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You for tonight. Thank You for Your Word, God. Thank You for pouring into me this morning, God, as a revelation of Your Word, God. Not a new revelation, but a fresh revelation of Your Word, God. Use me tonight to speak to Your people, God. Let this study, let this teaching, God, edify the body that when we leave here, God, we're not the same, but we're better for coming and attending this service. We give You honor and glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. In verse 1, the Bible says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. The greatest enemy of the church you would think today, Brother Josh, Brother Timber, you think the greatest enemy of the church would be the devil. But the greatest enemy of the church is not the devil, it's the flesh. Our flesh is the greatest weapon that the devil has. If he can sit there and he can plot and twist on our minds, if he can get us selfishly thinking, he doesn't have to bring drugs, he doesn't have to bring alcohol, he doesn't have to bring fornication for our flesh leadeth to all those things. If He can get us uh, cornerly minded, He knows that's enmity against God. He knows that's the greatest force against God. That's the greatest force against the body of Christ. If, if we get a fleshly mind and we desire something, and, and, and Brother Ben, he desires different than Brother Philip, and, and Brother Pickle desires different than Brother Philip, we can all get our minds on our own thoughts, but when we get the mind of Christ, oh, there's strongholds, there's barriers, there's gates, there's walls that come crumbling down. We can look back into the Old Testament when Jesus, or God rather, told them, said, you walk seven times around this wall. He said, on that seventh time, shout and blow those horns. Praise God. They've done it in expectation. They've done it in hope. They didn't do it knowing that, amen, they could see it take place already, but they knew if they walked in the ways of God. How many times have we looked at the church and we looked in our own family life and we thought we had it all figured out, amen? How many times have we said, well, if I borrow this amount of money, I can do this and it'll get me out of this situation to not only get us into another situation for us to dig a hole deeper. Come on now. Before we go and do anything, we ought to go to the Lord in prayer. I've seen times in my life that what God had told me to do, I thought was just as crazy. Come on now. Anybody want to be honest with the preacher here tonight? How many times have we heard the voice of God and God tell us to be still or God tell us to... 
turned down that road. I've been on trips, Sister Pickle, where I was headed somewhere. I knew the destination. Been there many times before. And God said, don't turn down that road. Amen. Only to hear later of a reasoning why. Why? Because God knows best in our life. I want you to know tonight, God knows best than a 38-year-old preacher. Come on now. Say amen. He knows better. Come on now. Than when I was 20 years old or 19 and I, I told my daddy, I'm renting that house. I'm getting out from under your covering. I'm, I'm not going to have to stick my feet under your table. I can live in my own ways. Come on now. Because I thought I was smart. Amen. But wisdom does not come uh, with teaching in a school system. Wisdom doesn't come with uh, 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 doing anything but experience in life. Come on now. If I want to sit back and listen to the old man a little while, I found out he done been through some things. Come on now. But if so much that my earthly father want to give me good gifts, if I'd sit back and listen to the Holy Ghost a lot of times, it saved me a lot of infirmities. Come on now. Infirmities can be physical or mental weaknesses. We've all dealt with them. A lot of infirmities physically just come by age. I know that at 38 years old or almost 38 years old, I can't do a lot of things I could do at 20 years old. There's Arthur. Anybody deal with Arthur? I deal with Arthur. He wakes up with me, goes to bed with me a lot of times. But I deal with things. Some of you are thinking right now, I wish I was 38. Come on now. But if I wasn't so stupid in my younger years, I may not be dealing with so many pains now. If I would listen more. But so much more does my God want to teach me things and show me things and instruct me that I don't have to go down a wrong path. Can you say amen? There's physical infirmities in our body we bear. Amen? Brother Pickle can't do some things Brother Philip can do around the church. It's just not physically able, amen? But He can do things that I can't do. Come on now. He can pray in wisdom greater than I can pray. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've oftentimes tried to put these infirmities. I know all over the United States, I'm going somewhere tonight, I've seen it in the evangelistic trail. A lot of times there's a young church and an older church. Come on, say amen. And they cannot intertwine because the older ones know better and the younger ones are too energetic. Come on there, they're too zealous. They don't want to go against Against God, they just ready to get to God. Come on now, they're ready. They're ready to jump on the devil. They're ready to build the church. Come on now, but when we get together, come on now. Those who are weak in one area and those who are strong in another area, when they get together, unified as the body of Christ, with their ear to heaven, there ain't nothing hell can do about it. There's spiritual infirmity. Sometimes we deal with things that's temporal in our body. Sometimes we deal with things that's temporal in our minds. Anybody ever been stressed out? Anybody ever dealt with anxiety? Anybody ever had so many problems you didn't know which way to turn? Come on now. God's not an author of confusion. That's straight from the pits of hell. Come on now. When you don't know what way to turn, it's best.
best to get still and open your ear to God, church. Come on now. You, you set back till tomorrow to move. You know what? You'll just be one day later getting to your destination. But I can move today and go a farther away from God. Come on, say man. Infirmities. But we can learn from each other and we can build off each other. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Sometimes you just can't do what you used to could do. Come on now. But we all have a position in the body. I'm a firm believer that God uses what the devil meant for bad for His glory. There's things that you don't know about me. There'd be things that if you knew about me in my past before I got born again, you'd never voted me as your pastor. Now I'm just telling you how it is. I, I was as just as wicked and hell-bound as you ever seen. But I can use those things to touch a generation of the church. I'm not trying, come on now, I'm not trying to make an excuse for what I've done because if I would have if I would have died in that sin, I'd went to hell. Come on now, but God has a way of taking what the devil meant for bad and using it for good. That doesn't make me, come on now, that doesn't make me smart, that makes me wise. Come on now, there's a difference there. Say amen. I'm a firm believer that we can use all things, all the infirmities, all the, the misfortunes, all the trouble that we went through, and God can use it for His good. Come on now, y'all trying to keep up with the preacher. You can't do that. I only feed you what information you want to know. But I went out with a lady about six months ago. Her husband beat her. She's not even from a hundred miles around here, so it's no problem for me sharing this story. She said, my greatest ability, my gift into the church is that I can help other young ladies. Come on now. She didn't allow what she went through to prohibit her from being used in the body of Christ. She used her infirmity to be used as God's strength. Can you say amen? There's so much growth that can take place in a church. We should never quit growing, church. We should never, come on now, fall into the trickery of the devil, but we ought to sit back and listen to God. All through the Bible, God spoke and God spoke to men. The Bible says the Bible, uh, the Scriptures was written because the Holy Ghost moved on me. Come on now. He had to talk to me. He still talks to us. He doesn't talk to us to change the Scriptures. He doesn't talk to us to simplify uh, our living. Sometimes uh, him hear us hearing God, it, it makes our living more difficult. Come on now, because sometimes if we had within the will of God, every time we thought it was easy, we'd never be in the will of God. Come on now. Sometimes or most of the time, the will of God takes us out of our comfort zone, church. Come on, say amen. But out of that comfort zone, we don't only become the ones that's always talking to God. We'll listen to God. Amen. How many times? Come on now, have we thought? I heard from God. This is what He said. We ain't no more open our ear to Him. Come on now. We just took the best scenario and run with it. I want you to understand tonight when those, uh, when those Egyptians let God's people loose. Theology. Theologian says that trip 
from Egypt to the promised land was about 12 to 20 days on foot. They spent 40 days there. Come on now, because they would not listen to God. They murmured, they complained, they were praying, they were talking to God. They were telling them what, God, this is what I need. This is what's going to fix the situation. Come on now. Say amen. But every time God said, all right, I'm going to hold you here, you're going to run in circles. Come on now. I'm tired of running in circles. Come on now. And it looks like we're being productive for the church. We're being productive as the bride of Christ. And how many times have we run in circles and we're the same today as we was in 2000? 15. We're the same the day as the, when the church was born. Come on now, five, six, seven years, however long we've been a church or establishment. Church, we ought to be growing. Church, we ought to have a direction from God. We ought to know when we hear the voice of God. And we ought to not question the voice of God, but just get up as the body of Christ and bear one another's affirmities and work for the Lord. One mistake does not cause us to permanently shut down on God. Do you hear what I'm saying? When we can't talk, we listen better. I know the, the, this speaks of a physical neighbor, but it's applicable tonight to the body of Christ. Here in the last year's time, the mouthpiece of God shut down. You listen to how many preachers. I, I know more conversations that went on between preachers and evangelists. But when coronavirus come and hit, hit the church hard, that plague, that famine, that, that trouble come, come on now, preachers was calling each other, what you think, what you're going to do? you going inside, you're going to shut down, you're going to lock doors, you're going to keep going. They did not know what to do. Am I lying? Come on now. For the most part, the mouthpiece of God shut down. Why? Because they were looking for answers in man. They were looking for answers in flesh. But I can tell you, church, for those who didn't shut down, I can take you to three churches right now that did not close their doors to God and they have baptized and they have taken in multiple members. They've gotten people filled with the Holy Ghost and they're in revival today. I know one church, matter of fact, that doubled in size just because that preacher didn't call another preacher. They heard from God. Come on now. But we've seen that physical mouthpiece shut up. Come on now. Because we didn't know. We wasn't living close to God. The preachers and the pastors, we get up and our biggest conversation is, Lord, what you want me to preach this week? And we preach to a conversation and we was not even listening to ourselves. Come on now. Because confusion was abound. There's times as the body of Christ, we didn't know what to do, church. We spoke, come on now, things into existence by our finances. How many times have we needed a way and we go borrow our way through it? Come on now. We, we spoke things into existence by our intelligence. We are smart people. Probably the, this age, this generation, on now, probably more of those that's Younger than me, they're the most intelligent people that's ever walked this earth. You can take my four-year-old and she can get my iPad and she can go through that iPad and she can take you and come on now 
And if you call Daddy while she's on YouTube, she's going to decline that. Come on now, she's going to swipe you out of the way. So if you get declined, she call back. She's on YouTube. Come on now, she's watching cartoons and moo cows. But I can tell you they're intelligent. They're smart. Come on now, but I can tell you something about my generation and the generation that's younger than me. They may be intelligent, but they're not wise. Wise comes from listening to God. Wise comes from going through things and to know I've wandered around the desert and I thought I was going to do it my way. And I spent a quarter of a million dollars here racing cars. Come on now. And I didn't pray before I went and got that bass boat. Come on now. And I just dug me a deeper hole until I had to pray my way out of the church. How many times do we get in a bind then want to pray ourselves out of it? Then we say, God, I must have not heard you. I must have not been clearly. Come on now on your voice. Now what you got to say to me? Church, Moses went up on that hill. He could call down fire. He called down, what do you mean? He stood in the face of a burning bush and he heard from God. Amen. That come from wisdom. He didn't start on the mountain. He started on the backside of the desert. Come on now, young people. Brother Jordan, Sister Maisie, come on now, Brother Philip. It's okay to growl an elder and say, what do I need to do about this? Come on now. Brother Jordan, don't you ever think it's not alright to go to mom, go to Sister Wanda, go to the pastor and say, I need some guidance. Come on now. Church elders, listen to me. Make yourself available to the younger people in the church. Come on now. They can do things we cannot do. Come on now. When we get a screen in the church and we need words on it. Come on now. Or we want to have a play at Christmas. Can I tell you who's going to be able to do do it the young people. Come on, say amen. But I want to tell you there's things that the young people cannot do. Come on now, and that's tell you how to get through tribulation and to get through trial. How to endure unto the end because those who endure to the end the same shall be saved. Church, we need each other. Come on now, I hear and gets healed. Come on now. Because we get in places that we can't get out of. How many times have we used one part of the body profusely until another part withers out? Come on now. I've seen people, I, I was in a fort in, in Honduras in the rural mountains. This man was born blind. He planted a garden, he had a wagon, he built out a, 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 a coffee tree. Limbs, a wagon, wooden wheels, the whole thing, blind, 38, 40 years old. He was able to do that. He could hear us coming for a mile down that mountain. He told us when we got there, I heard y'all coming. Come on now, he could hear because his senses, everything else was so much better because he was blind. The church. There is times that God says, I'm going to blind you. You're not getting out of this. You're not getting through this until you hear me. Come on, say amen, church. There's a lot of times we as the church, we need to sit back, sister. Come on now. We spun our wheels. We dug a ditch. We made a trench. 
flesh, but we ain't built nothing for the kingdom of God. God says, as soon as you get still and open your ears to me, you'll hear from heaven. Come on, say amen. The Bible says when Solomon built the temple, he built it. The Bible says there was no other thing as, as great as it was. But can I tell you, it was not what it appeared of being the church. What made it the church when he said, when he made an end of praying the glory of the Lord filled the house. There's no way that conversation was one-sided. Solomon heard from God. Solomon knew what God's desire is. God has a desire for us. But you know what it is? God's desire for us, bottom line, is to hear when He speaks. When Adam and Eve was created since the beginning of time. I want us to understand. I want to, I want to relate back to something I've said many a times. This Bible says in the beginning God created and at the end it says Amen. But God wrote all those things for rebuke, repute, repute, uh, reproof, rebuke, and edification of the church. He wrote these things because it's a testimony of what to do and a lot of what not to do. Come on now. And this is only one way of hearing. I believe God speaks audible. I've heard it. I'm dealing with things that I dealt with when I go out of the country. I say, God, I want you to speak to me before I get back on that airplane. Me and you, you're going to give me some direction. Your church needs direction. My family needs direction. Uh, come on now. I need to know where to go, what to do. Come on, say amen. God will speak to you. And it's a lot of times when we get still because a lot of times it's in the middle of the night. Anybody been woke up in the middle of the night and you've tossed, you've turned, you went and got a cold glass of milk. Come on now. You went and ate the leftovers of supper. You go lay down. You still can't go to sleep. Can I tell you it ain't insomnia. God's trying to talk to you. If we just get along with God and say, God, what's this all about? Come on now, you're taking me out to repetition. I've been going through the day and digging me another hole. I woke up Tuesday and here it is Wednesday. God, what do you want me to say? Come on, say man. What do you want me to do? How would you have me to react? Come on, say man to me. God speaks to His people. God's only way of speaking to us a lot of time is taken away. Come on now, the things that we thought would make us happiest. And come on, say amen to me. But since the beginning of time, God has used this book to show us one thing. Yes, He wants us to live holy. Yes, He wants us to pay time. There's things in that Bible that tell, but let me tell you what He wanted more than anything. He wanted a relationship where we walked with Him. And that which separated that was flesh. Come on now, Adam and Eve, since the beginning of the book of Genesis, walked with God. Come on now. They were holding hands. I believe it just like I believe on one side was Adam, on the other side, and they walked with God. Now, through the cool of that evening, church, come on now, we get in trouble the same way they got in trouble. We go in our own direction because we believe that we know better than God. 
Come on now. And when we do that, what happens? Flesh. Is this too big? Y'all say amen. Come on now. When flesh come into Adam and Eve, it separated the body. They were the first church. It separated that man and that woman. Come on now. God's ideal, God's representation of the bride. Come on now. The church. Come on, Sammy. Unity. They didn't have to pray. They didn't have to fast because they seen God. He was tangible. They could reach out and touch God. And every sense flesh walked in to mankind's life. Come on, say amen to me. It separated us that we can't get that close to God anymore. But I can tell you, God, Jesus made a way that we can get that close to Him. We can obtain the promises of God. We can seek and we can find. We can knock and He'll answer. We can ask and we receive. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. If we just get into prayer and if we just get into fasting, God would do something in our church that this whole world wouldn't have to guess if He was real or not. They know that we've touched God. Unity is when the Holy Ghost binds believers by hearing God and living spiritually. It seems so hard, but yet so simple. The opposite of unity is confusion. Confusion comes when we as people act or speak in different motives to please oneself. Come on now, the greatest falls of some of the greatest churches is when men took on a characteristic of not what they were made to be. Come on now, we were made to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust thereof. The lust of the flesh, come on now, is the greatest enemy unto the church. 1 Corinthians 4 and 33 says, For good, for God isn't the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of saints. Unity comes when we as a people act like Christ. We love past what we ought to love. I don't know about you, but God loved me way past where He had the right to turn back. I'm on now as them old people say, He he had the right just to thump me on the head and thump me off the earth, thump me out of existence. Come on now to wipe me out of this plan. He had somebody else to step in. But I don't know about you, but I thank God tonight. Come on now that He looked past my imperfection and He seen my need. Come on, say man. He looked past my failure and He seen a desire. He said, I still want to fellowship with Him. I still want Him to be a part of the bride of Christ. Can you say man? When we get to fellowshipping with God, when we get to talking back and forth to God, it's not only I need this, I want this relationship, but God let me hear your voice today. Don't let me get out of the bed in the morning. Don't let me drink this last cup of coffee before I hear the voice of God. You say, preacher, he don't talk like that no more. The devil is a lie. He'll still, still talk to the church if we will listen. Oh, that's Old Testament. Oh, He taught the seven churches in the book of Revelation. 
And he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You want to move a God in your church. You want to move a God in your body. You want to move a God in your finances. Listen to God. Come on, say man. People may think you're crazy. Why are you doing that, church? Why are you doing that, Brother Philip? Why are you going that way, Sister Wanda? I heard from God. Come on now, it's not what people think. Don't let the flesh rise up and take occasion, but let the Spirit lead the church. Let the Spirit lead the church. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father above. And in Him is no valuable shout of returning. That means God's not going to give you a gift to sin. He's not going to make occasion for you to sin. Neither is God going to give you a bad gift. Come on now. In that Old Testament, God allowed things to take place. He allowed all the pestilence. Some favor, are you going to listen this time? Or some frogs that's coming in town? Come on now. Favor, are you going to listen this time? You're going to take a butt bath. Come on now. Say amen to me. Every time Moses comes, he can hear from God. From the back part of a pasture until a mountaintop, Moses heard from God. A murdering Moses. Somebody the church wouldn't have wanted. Come on now. But he heard from God. But God allowed those things to come. Come on now. And it came against the ungodly. I want you to listen to me. You cannot put bad things happen to to God's people on God. You cannot do it. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father. Do you hear me? But listen to what He says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. He's done made an end of praying. He's heard Solomon's voice. But he says, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. But he says this in the 14th verse. This is the one we like to quote. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves... Dear Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. I failed. I didn't hear you. I moved too quick. Come on now. Oh, if we'd humble ourselves. Come on now. He's not talking to the heathen. He's talking to the people. The Bible says, if my people which are called by my name. No, the heathen can cry. The heathen can pray all they want. And if they're not living under the blood of Jesus, do you hear what I'm saying? It's not reaching the tide. Come on now. On the ceiling. But if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive them of their sin 
and I'll heal their land. Come on now. But when we pray and believe, do you hear me? We don't pray and believe on stipulations of what we see, but what we hope for. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't pray for what I can already see. I pray for what I hope for. Come on now. I pray for healing and I look at cancer. Say amen. I pray for a building of a church and I'm looking for a rental. Do you hear what I'm saying? Say amen to me in this place. This is better than what you found on TV tonight. This right here will feed your soul. This right here will keep you out of hell. Come on now. I don't pray for the things that I have already. Come on now. I thank God for those I'm praying for the things I hope for. I'm hoping, come on now, that my children don't go to hell. I pray for them every day. Alan and Riley, God, put a hedge about them. I can't see the hedge, but I'm praying the hedge. It's not what I desire in the flesh, church, but what we need in the Spirit. Do you hear me? It's what we need in the Spirit. Listen, through sufferings, God is teaching us to be Christ-like. I mentioned this earlier, but God put it in a place where we got quiet. We shut up, but we could hear God in this last year. Come on now. We begin to seek out God. Come on now. The Bible says to work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. I want you to understand this tonight. I'm not a blind. I'm not accepting people just to miss church because it's a commandment of God. Come on now, but God also put wisdom in our hearts that when we're sick, come on now, and when we can contaminate others and the body of Christ, God says stay home. Now, come on, say amen. God knows all things. Come on now, but when we make an excuse to stay out of church, come on now. Come on. When we make it, but God knows. Come on now. We're not dealing with the preacher. That knows some things about our life. We're dealing with the preacher. We're dealing with the word. Come on now. We didn't just miss a sermon that Sunday. We missed a word from God. Come on, say man. We look at and a lot of times we get quiet and we shut up because we couldn't hear clearly. God put us in a place with all these people. And I know there are some idiots. Y'all forgive me tonight. But idiots that say, oh. Oh, they're going to put Trump. He's going to get this second term and all this. I'm going to tell you, you start putting all that prophecy on the shelf. And when it don't come to true, or it does come to true, Brother Ben, you can look back and you can pull out your filing cabinet and say, I'm listening to that man of God. He heard from heaven. Come on now. I'd never be as foolish to take God's Word and use it in such vulgar and so just filthy ways. Come on now. For personal gain and edification of the flesh. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? Do y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? God's Word is precious. God's Word is commandments. It's a Word not only of commandment, but it's a Word of truth for the for the church that we live by. We look in the Scripture tonight. I'm going somewhere. In Malachi, the prophecy of the Lord Lord goes silent for over 400 years. In Malachi chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says this. I'm going to get there in Scripture. 
Verse 4 of chapter 4 in Malachi, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I command unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and the judgment. He said, remember, I talk face to face with Moses. And behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart. Listen to this part. This is a pivotal part of this teaching tonight. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. He's going to unite the church. He's going to unite the old and the young and they're going to walk in unity. Come on now. And those people are going to be able to speak thus saith the Lord because they're not walking in flesh. Confusion is from hell. Division is from hell. Love is from God. Unity is from God. Do you hear what I'm saying? That same prophetic powerful mouthpiece is going to sit on the church. He wasn't talking about Elijah. Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind. Can I tell you, he's talking about the spirit of Elijah. A man that can hear from God and call down fire. Let me remind y'all what kind of spirit sat on Elijah. Elijah is a man that looked in the face of 450 false teaching preachers. He said, y'all cut the bull up. Y'all pray all you want. And I want to tell you, after they've done that all day, they begin to cut on themselves. They were drawing blood on themselves. They were cutting what? Their flesh. Do you hear what I'm saying? But Elijah had enough spirit about him. He had a whole big dose of spirit. Come on now. And he said one simple prayer and fire fell down from heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's saying that He's going to send back to the church that same Spirit that He gave Elijah. We're going to preach. We're going to prophesy in His name. He shut the church up because the church was doing nothing but talking nonsense. Come on, say man. But the Holy Ghost is about to sit on the young and the old and we're going to preach and prophesy in their name. I want you to understand this Bible is complete. It's whole. There's nothing lacking. And the Bible says at the transfiguration, I think it's Matthew chapter 17, and Jesus took Peter and James and John, I believe I know it was Peter, up on the mountain. He transfigured in front of them. Come on now, I guess who was standing there? Moses and Elijah. Men that could call down 